What is going on, baseball fans? Welcome back to the Turning Two Podcast. We are day four in our 13-day journey to cover every single MLB team, give you all the insight you need for this upcoming Corona season. And today we're coming in red hot with the Cincinnati Reds and their red-colored rival, the St. Louis Cardinals. A lot of red on the pod today, man. A lot mm-hmm. of red. We love to see it. But with starting out Reds, interesting story. Sweetheart, the darlings of baseball. Everyone loves a team that wins the offseason. I do too. That's very Even true. Headlines. They, they definitely won the offseason along with the White Sox. They people, Everyone's eyes are on them to start the season. Now, I guess you'll find out soon if we're actually baseball high on them and not just front office high because their front office is doing great things. We'll see how they play on the ball field. Exactly, man. Hey, but winning the offseason to start. But although yeah. most of the time when you win the offseason, there's not really much translation on field. <laughs> That's what I tend to notice with these teams. Yeah. Like, yo, they're the te- offseason champions. They're going 500. But I think we're going to get right into the Reds. And I know that you're not that high on the Reds. So just give me why are you not too high on the Reds, man, overall. So I think the Reds can be broken down to a couple solid points. Three, to be exact. And... I've heard our producers have whispered in my ear that you have some fun facts to sprinkle through the episode, so watch out for those. I have, I have so much fun facts for oh, you yeah. guys today. <laughs> but I think it's uh, rotation talk, the lineup, and how much do these new additions actually help it, and then young talent being integrated into this team and their schedule. So we'll start with the rotation. And how I'm are you feeling on the rotation? I'm going to come in hot on the rotation. Uh, not feeling great on the rotation. Like, I like the arms there. As they got certainly a lot of depth. We got Luis Castillo leading off the rotation. Sonny Grace looks like he's going to be the ace, although he's not listed in the uh, rotation as the ace. Probably the most consistent pitcher they have right now. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer and Wade Miley had a sneaky good season last year. But not huge on Sonny Gray just to start right there if we're going to start nitpicking on this rotation if we're going to talk like the big boys we're going to hold them to that standard had a 287 ERA last year huge bounce past year finished 7th in Cy Young voting uh, strikeout per 9 was 10 and a half huge jump from the season before at 8 and a half so two whole strikeouts per game his, see, his career average is right around 8 so that's huge for him um, but that's coming off Three consecutive bad seasons, 2016, 5 ERA, 2017, he had, he bounced around a couple times there, but still, we had a 3.72 ERA, and then 2018, he had a 4.9 ERA before dropping it back down below three. and a huge thing that you brought up when we were doing our pre-show discussion is that that bounce from the AL to the NL, and the Yankees to the, uh, to the Reds, and he had a huge, all of a sudden, his ERA came back to Sonny Gray of old. Mm-hmm. But now with the short season, we got a DH back in the NL. Is it going to jump right back up? Is he going to be able to handle not having that automatic out? I think the Reds have five number three starters. Five number? I think you're se- underselling Castillo and Gray a little bit. I would not put say Gray. He has the talent to be an ace. It's just that you have the consistency. Yeah, I, I don't think he has the consistency to be an ace. I think Castillo could be an ace, but Castillo's the number two, I'd say. He's a good number two. He's He's got so much talent. But then that also brings us to Trevor Bauer. and I still am pushing to get Trevor Bauer and Rob Manfred in that box to mm-hmm. do a game. I'm 
big. You guys have heard it on the pod before. That's a lie. No way you've listened. Um, <laughs> but no one's listening to this. But still, like, you've heard me on the pod before. I'm huge on Manfred and Bauer duking it out in the booth, calling a World Series game. Who doesn't mm-hmm. want that? But either way, Trevor Bauer has been pretty inconsistent throughout his career. And, yeah, like, I don't really... I think his first season, first half a season in the NL could explain that a little bit. Um, just a different, very different, different division, different stadium, different city. So we'll we'll see how he does this year. I think it's going to be a good year for him. But he's also been busy not on the field, which I think is more important. And um, I think that's good for their their team. And I think they need he- to build up an atmosphere that will make players want to sign there. And I think they're doing a good job of that. And they're, I mean, there's a reason people are high on this team. And I think I'm tempted. They're tempting me like sirens in the ocean. I want to come into the Reds fan base, but I'm not. I'm there's something, back a there's little something bit. holding you back. Yeah. yeah, but Trevor Bauer, man, like uh, not to bore you guys with the analytics on today's pod. Like mm. don't mean to deep dive, but I was in Reds land all day today just digging into it. And I'm not huge on Trevor Bauer. Man's got some stuff. No one's here to decline that. 2018, one of the best pitchers in baseball of a 2.21 ERA and over 28 appearances. That's really good. 2019, tailed off. You talked about him moving teams, but in 10 starts with Red, had a six. Reds had a 6.39 ERA. I will say his strikeout per nine somehow was still at 11, even though his ERA was ridiculously high. So his stuff was still there. I think he's... Well, He's a good pitcher. I think he went from a competitor to the to a bad team, which I think that those stats kind of prove the point that he's a good pitcher. The team was just so bad that maybe he tapped out like yeah. mentally, just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, maybe with all the hype, we get to see Trevor Bauer perform a little bit better under some lights. You know, he loves the attention on Twitter, and I'm a big fan of his, so I would love mm-hmm. to see him bounce back. But right there. People are putting this rotation against the Dodgers before Kershaw, uh, before Price backed out of uh, Kershaw, Bueller, and Price. They're stacking it up against any rotation in the NL and in baseball, really. And I'm just maybe I'm not uh, big enough. Haven't watched enough Cincinnati Reds games, but like, tell me if I'm wrong here. But that while that threesome has a ton of stuff and a ton of talent, they got guys in that rotation. I just need to see a little bit more like proven track record before I anoint them the the next big thing in baseball yeah I think they're on the right path but I can't give them I can't give them the official Jack Doyle stamp of approval yet but I mean I think this is one of the teams to watch this year all eyes are going to be on the Reds if they're amazing it makes sense they've done stuff to be amazing and if they are the same as they were last year I don't think I'm going to be surprised I think the next player we got to talk about is Eugenio Suarez. Sneaky power monster. Power big boy. Got, boy put up numbers. He What did he put up, 50? For, I think it was 49, if 49. I'm correct. He had 49 ding-dongs. That's insane. On the reds. like. Do we got to uh, take the nickname of Mayor of Ding Dong City off Travis Shaw and pass it on to this man? Might have to be, yeah, Eugenio. What's a good Eugenio nickname? Does he have one? I don't know. I'll have to hop on that, but we're going to have to, producer's going to have to come up with something. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to DM Travis Shaw and see if he'll, like, anoint him like a knight. 
like on field if they yeah. next time the Blue Jays and the Reds match up against each other, we get an anointing of the mayor of Ding Dong City passing. We got to get something, man. That'd be that. this they boy's both, hitting straight ropes. They both play third. That I think it'd work out. That'd be a nice ceremony. Yeah, Travis Shaw has tailed off a little bit. We love him as a guy, but still not the mayor he used to be. So every mayor's time runs up. You got to pass he it lost, on. He lost the election. He did. He lost the election. We'll have to hold an official election. <laughs> like we gotta get. Yeah. Gotta get. Oh, that's a good idea. We should have a election for mayor of Ding Dong City for the season. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna hold an election. A new mayor of Ding Dong. Every seat year, we have a new mayor. That's how yeah. we are. We're a democracy yeah. on this pod. Mm-hmm. But beside him, he's freaking ridiculous. And we talked about him just hitting Jack and straight Ding Dongs. Mm-hmm. But what about the rest of this lineup? How you feeling about that? I'm. I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling about it. They got Castellanos, who was, he was on the Tigers, so he was just hiding under the seventh layer of no, hell. I, so Nobody I think, watched any of him yeah. last year. <laughs> but he's kind of like J.D. Martinez' light version. So I think he's good. Moustakis is also good. Both those players can't play defense, but they're going to slap at least 280, and they can hit some dingers. So those are great additions. And they got some young talent, too. You got Tucker Barnhart behind the plate, Nick Senzel, and uh, what's the guy's name of the W? With W? Oh, Winkler. Um, Jesse Winkler. Winker? Yeah, yeah. Jesse Winker? Those guys, they, if they take a little step up, I think they're going in the right direction. Um, yeah, so I don't, overall, I'm not sure. I guess is the, we, it's the stupid answer, but I'm. what do you have to say? Oh, well, I got a, I got a couple things to say. I'm not. I think you got to start and end with the heart of Cincinnati Reds Nation, the darling himself, Joey Votto. By the mm. way, I love most baseball players. Never been a Joey Votto guy. Man, he's a sane average. Been consistently one of the best players in the NL over the past decade, but just never been able to di- never dig them really. But still, he took a major step back last year. Yeah, I was I was never big. Joey Votto fan. I think he was just a little too, like, do your job, get off the field kind of guy. I don't know. Maybe maybe they just didn't market him well. But I think during his prime, there was just more entertaining first baseman, like Prince Fielder. Prince Fielder's an entertaining man. Like, I wanted a Prince Fielder jersey when I was eight. Either way, Joey Joey Votto, you know, consistently – is known for putting balls in play, has had insane batting averages throughout his career. On base has been nuts, but last year, the past two seasons, taken a dip in both categories, and mm-hmm. it's not great. But like the biggest concern for me with Vado is just his power overall. I get, like the stat that I I'm really eating on today is 287 games is only 27 home runs the past two seasons. The man's playing almost he's playing a buck 45 a season. That's that's nothing light. Like he's suiting up. And his power numbers are down. And if you look up and down this Reds lineup, if Vado is not going to have a bounce back here at the age of 36, which is hard to imagine that his power is just going to be revived, who's who's the true one, two, or even number one, well, no, two punch in this lineup? Who's mm-hmm. like that second guy to provide those ding-dongs? Yeah, I think that's Suarez and Castellanos with Mustakas as kind of like a backup number two that kind of replaces Votto but it would be nice if prime Votto would be on this team it sucks that he kind of missed this Reds revolution but I am I don't think Votto's gonna get better he's gonna decline continue to decline but I respect that he stayed with the Reds 
uh, I feel sorry for a little for him a little bit. I think he missed out on a lot of stardom because both of us said that we didn't really like him that much. There's probably a reason for that. But I think Votto only if the Reds are good, like people are thinking they are, all he has to do is come in clutch with some singles up the middle in extra inning games. He has to maybe he gets some rest days, maybe he DHs. He's trying to put some balls in the gap and help his team win. And in the playoffs, that's where we gotta see Votto. His veteranacy? That's not a word. His veterancy? That's is that a word? No, <laughs> I don't know about that. His Yo, veteran that. status. That's where it would shine in the playoffs against some teams with a lot of great young talent. I think that's where he would be able to step up. No, I definitely agree that Votto that maybe doesn't have to be the old Joey Votto, but he's got to give me some semblance of it. And we were talking about youth, and there's a lot of young talent around the league, but uh, the Reds got a young, fiery team, and I think that starts with their skipper behind the bench, David Bell. Mm-hmm. We, talk, we teased some interesting facts, and man, I've got them for you today. David Bell was ejected the most time of any manager in baseball last year, eight times, which is twice as much as any NL manager. And that kind of fits the theme of the Reds last year. They were getting a few brawls. They were out there scrapping. <laughs> yeah, I think Trevor Bauer being ferocious against the Astros, Derek Dietrich pimping home runs off of Chris Archer, who we'll talk about later um, in tomorrow's episode. But they're they're a fiery team, and I like that. I think the theme of this series is kind of should you be a fan of this of this team for the season, and I think you have to be. You have to jump on the Reds bandwagon. I'm personally not quite on the bandwagon. I'm maybe like on the back tire, maybe st- like skateboarding behind the car. I'm not quite on it. I got but a rope tied to the trailer, and I'm I'm behind you know, it, but I'm not you're on. You're swerving it. onto um, oncoming traffic. Exactly, Dodge, ducking and dodging. If I survive, yeah. I'm on. But if yeah. not, I'm out. <laughs> but I think the Reds have the framework, and they just have to perform, and they have to have their mediocre players play above mediocrity. And I don't know if that's going to happen. It is a 60-game season. I feel like we kind of talked about this team like it's an 160-game season, but it's not. It's a 60-game season. I think their starters could get them through the season. I I think I'm kind of high on those starters in 60 games, and their lineup has to prove something to me. But This whole Reds team is like it's like a, it's a coin flip. If everything goes right, we could be looking at a real legitimate threat in the NL Central to win the division. There's like a lot of what-ifs with this team. And for 60 games, what-if is really possible. So, like, you're right. We definitely took a long view of this team, but I love to delve into Reds baseball, man. But Mm -hmm. the 60-game abbreviated season, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, all they got to do is get hot for a month or two, which they're definitely capable of doing. I have no doubt in that. They got the stuff, man. Both ridiculous strikeout per nine innings. I mean, stats overall, love the, the lineup can get hot. Vado still got something left in the tank, so I don't hate that overall. Their bullpen's a little bit questionable. We really didn't get into that. Not sure what they're doing entirely at closer. But yeah. other than that, like, I don't know, man. I just need to – I'm very reluctant overall. I just would wish they had another bat is where I'm at. I think they yeah. need another true bat. But I also really am rooting for the Reds to succeed. Not to win the division, not to win a pennant. I just like the concept of a team going as not, I don't know if you put this as all out, but really making an effort to make baseball interesting. 
They were a so poor like, team, uh, and now they're officially trying to win, and it's obvious. And I commend that. Like, So I'm rooting for success for the Cincinnati Reds and their fan base as a whole. It's been a little bit since like I've cared. They've lost some of their key players over the years. It seems like every time they get a talented player, besides Vado, they leave. Arotis Chapman, mm. Johnny Cueto. So, like, I've just, you know, I'm rooting for this Reds team to put it together and make an interesting run at the 60-game season. Yeah, maybe I can convince you a little bit because of their schedule. Early half of the season, or I guess, like, the f- first two-thirds, they play the Pirates, Tigers, and Royals a lot. So that's a good—I think the season is just going to be, like, that's... collector wins when you can get them, and that could—if they play decently and they play those not-decent teams— that should be a step up on the Cardinals and Cubs. The pirate, the Pirates. I mean, they're all going to play the same schedule, but mm-hmm. that's a decent. That's a, those are some layups if you're the Reds. So I definitely could see them padding that win total against some of the dog food of the leagues. Like they're not playing a tough division uh, in the AL at all. So they could definitely get some stats over there for sure. Right. But the other, I got one more little interesting fact for you before we wrap up our heated intense red conversation <laughs> and that's we love jerseys on this show we're known for being oh, big yeah. jersey fans most important part of a uniform if you don't have a nice uh jersey and you draft me i'm not playing for you man yeah Hate most important it. part most important part of the whole franchise is the jerseys really look good feel good man look good feel yeah. good um and so i just wanted to give you an interesting fact in the 150th anniversary of the team the cincinnati reds flexed 15 alternate home jerseys last year Highlighted by the sleeveless, uh, the sleeveless jerseys. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying, but you know what I'm talking about. The sleeveless jerseys. How do you feel about it? I mm, the sleeveless jerseys were cool to see once. I'd say probably not do it again. But I did like the alternate jerseys. I'm a big fan of that. Sleeveless might be taken a little too far. It's like when the White Sox and um, Astros maybe did it. I'm not sure. They did the the shorts. <laughs> they were baseball shorts. It's like not well, a baseball I mean, shorts guy. <laughs> yeah, no, not a. That's not a shorts kind of sport. But I'm a fan. Do do. Did they do better or worse when they wore well, these alternate uniforms? Way to set me up for an alley oop, there, my guy. I love <laughs> to see it. Um, but they went five and ten with these alternate uniforms. So mm-hmm. while they were looking good, they weren't playing good. You gotta wonder, were they having a little bit too much fun out there? We're a fun pod, but like, 15th, a lot of alternate uniforms. That That is a lot. And especially if they do that in the 60-game season, that's... That, wait, quick Ima- math here, Hugo. Imagine 15, if Chris... 30, 40, one-fourth of the season, you're wearing an alternate uniform. You Can you imagine if Chris Sale was on that team? He'd be breaking out the scissors and cutting up those jerseys, man. He would not oh, be yeah. having it. Throw back <laughs> to his White Sox days. Pull out the scissors, just ripping all 15 apart. David Bell's going to go in there, and he's not going to know what happened. So mm-hmm. good thing they don't got Chris Sale in that rotation. But either way, I think it's time for the two most important questions of each team's podcast. Number one, Jack, should baseball fans be rooting for the Reds? We've kind of already touched on this, but let's give our official answer. Yes. You gotta root for the Reds, or if you say it weird, route for the Reds maybe, or that's just for driving. But bottom line, you gotta you gotta be a fan of the Reds. They got everything going on. They got Dietrich and Bauer, who I think are fun people to watch outside of the game, on the field, just every aspect. They're gonna get more attention. They added solid bats that are gonna hit home runs. Suarez is gonna hit balls six hundred feet, and if the rotation can get it together, you might see them 
playing some really good baseball. And I think you're going to see them getting a lot of like national broadcasted games. I think they're just a good franchise to bandwagon onto right now before they get super good. Very true. I'm not quite sure if they're ever going to get super good, though. That's where I'm a little reluctant to go. I mm. wish the Reds had 162 games because I would like to see their team play out a full season. I feel like I'm getting a little robbed here. Not going to lie. Yep. I would like to see if that rotation could really de- wheel and deal for a buck 62. But you should obviously root for the Reds because who doesn't want... I'm a lover of wholesome baseball, man. And a team that's building it up through all these by getting these players that you may not know immediately... But I got a bunch of talent and are attempting to compete. Let's hell yeah, let's root for the Cincinnati Reds. But let's get a win projection out here. How you feeling, Doyle? What's your over or under or your win projection for the Cincinnati Reds? Reds were a tough one. I think I'm putting them around five hundred. I'm gonna have a little faith in Sonny Gray and Castillo and Bauer. So I'm gonna put them at thirty three and twenty seven. You you got him a little higher than I do. I got him coming in at twenty nine and thirty one. Oh, okay. I could see that. I just think this NL Central. I think it's gonna be kind of a bloodbath. They're all there's like four good teams. Reds, if they're good, four good teams, and I don't think we're gonna see one great record. I think we're gonna see a lot of like around five hundred records. So I could really see it going either way. I'm just putting that four more wins than you have just because I think Trevor Bauer and Castillo and Gray are going to be a little bit better than we said before. You got you got a little bit more hype on them than I do. I agree with you totally on the bloodbath. I think the Brewers, the Reds, the Cardinals, and the Cubs all have legitimate chances of securing a central. It's just come to the question of, I think three of them are going to be tight-knit and one of them is going to fall out. I just mm-hmm. don't know if the Reds are true. 60 games, that's not a lot of time to gel as a team. A new team, uh, that's that's a lot, man. That's a lot of pressure on this team to do it. So while I like what they did, I think the shortened season hurts them. And that's my take. You need time to get together, man. Not peanut butter and jelly doesn't happen in two seconds. It takes about five minutes. Yeah. So we got, <laughs> we got five it. minutes. You're are you yeah. a slow spreader? I'm a little slow sp- have you ever tried to spread okay. peanut butter on non toasted bread? It's hard. That, it's hot. very difficult. Love to see Trevor, one, Trevor Bauer to give me a play-by-play of that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> one last thing about the Reds, if you are interested in the Reds' schedule, if you're becoming a bandwagon fan, as we suggested, the Pirates. They play the Pirates for the first time. They come to Cincinnati August 13th. So two weeks into the season, they're going to tease you a little bit, and we're going to see that rivalry, see if it's hot question for off. you. We're going to get to the Pirates on tomorrow's pod because we're on that daily mm-hmm. podcast grind right now, guys. Oh, yeah. A lot of, con- yo, by the way, a lot of content we're pushing out Instagram, oh, Twitter, yeah. and Spotify. What are you guys doing? Come on, show us some love here. But mm-hmm. the Pirates, do you think we're going to have a COVID battle? Like they're going to run out there with riot shields and stay six feet apart and start um, yelling at each other? Like put on your mask before probably, you get to the center field? There probably won't be any brawls this year. We're just kind of sad. If you're not allowed to spit sunflower seeds, I don't think you're allowed to root and adore anybody. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's I think it's gonna be. I think Rob Manfred's gonna be clapping down on some on some mm-hmm. brawls this season. No Joe Kelly throwing uh throwing people down no. to the ground. But we really went over on these Reds, so we got to get into this Cardinals, man. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm Sorry, very man. ready for Dude, the Cardinals. Cincinnati Reds is a fun team to talk about. Mm-hmm. 
But speaking of a, I don't really know how fun this team is talking about us because I'm not really high on the cards, but we got a hot player on the card teams that we got to address because Jack's got some ties to this man. Potential mm-hmm. Cy Young winner Jack Flaherty, maybe one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Jack, what is your re- connection to Jack Flaherty? So my name is Jack, obviously, and my name could have been Jack Flaherty if my mom hadn't taken my dad's name when she got married. So I could have been Jack Flaherty, and that would have been so sick. That would have been so epic. So that's something his, his mother's maiden name is Flaherty, and that's something I think we got to get going. How many followers do we need to amass off this one episode to get Jack to change his last name to Flaherty? <laughs> like that's something. Is that if creepy or Jack cool? Flaherty, probably a little bit of both. If I do change my name, will I be a better pitcher? You got some wiffle sauce. Like you could show a mean screwball, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I feel like it would have been cooler if you were Fla- Jack Flaherty as Jack Flaherty came up. That would have like, been cool, yeah. Now Something that he's cool, for. you kind of look like you're just hopping on a train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, hey, if we end up getting to a 1,000 Instagram followers off this one pod, we're definitely going to the courthouse and getting Flaherty yeah. implemented into that. Or at least a middle name. So, Jack Flaherty Doyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hyphen. Can we get a hyphen? Come on. A little hyphen. Maybe 2,000 followers for a hyphen. Are you allowed to just hyphen your mom's maiden name into your last name? Yeah. Yo, you should should do whatever you want. Go upgrade that Instagram bio right now, (laughs) man. What do you? Let's get. Let's make a connection to Flaherty. But enough about this Jack talk. Let's talk about the other Jack and the Cardinals because that's what we really need to be getting into. Um, I I really like the Cardinals. Come on, give me why you like the Cardinals. Because I don't. I mean, they they won the division last year, and Jack Flaherty is insane. If he can keep his second half going. Because he did start slow, I guess you could use that argument, but I think he's just, people know he has it, and he's just going to be, I think he's going to be insane this year. And they have Carlos Martinez, Dakota Hudson, an old man, Adam Wainwright, Miles Mikolas, probably kind of on pace with the Reds. I mean, Jack Flaherty is an ace, but um, kind of interesting. The NL Central kind of has a lot of, like, decent pitchers. There's no teams with no pitching, but it's like, oh, okay. Uh, it doesn't get me super excited, but I think they have the pitching to win games as they, they won 91 games last year. So that's why I like the Cardinals pitching staff, and they have Paul Goldschmidt. So Paul Goldschmidt's my hot topic of the day. I don't disagree with you at all. Adam Wainwright had a sneaky good season last year, although he's going to 38. I don't know how much more mm-hmm. he's got left in that arm. He's a lot of mileage on that guy. He's like a oh, yeah. used Honda from the early 90s. Like, the man's mm-hmm. about to break down. But you got to love the veteran leadership on the back end. We talked about Flaherty. His name speaks for himself. I like Dakota Hudson in that free slot. Carlos Martinez has some potential upside. They've lost a lot of pitchers over the years, though. Michael Wacom, a leak to the Reds, who we just hit on, even though he's sitting out. So they haven't really replaced them in the minor league system, which is a little concerning for me. Although Flaherty's up there. I would like to see some more young names ejected. But my the, the order is kind of where I'm at. So I'm going to read you one through eight. Yeah. I, just I think you- the young the young names coming in the order. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that pitching staff is a little bit uh not the greatest. So I'm going to give you one through eight. And I kind of want to just give me like your Jack Doyle stamp of approval or not. We got Dexter Fowler, Col- Dexter Fowler, Colton Wong, Paul Goldschmidt. We gotta love some Goldie, man. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Paul DeJong, Matt Carpenter is a little long at a tooth, as well as Yaldem, why can't I say that, Molina, um, yeah. Lane Thomas, and then Harrison Bader in center field to round it out. We obviously got that DH spot available, but how are you feeling about that? I'm, I think Harrison Bader, Paul DeJong, and Colton Wong are all underrated, and another player who's going to be in the lineup this year, Tommy Edmond. They're all athletic, versatile players and underrated guys just in general. I like those players. I think they can hit. We saw them put up a bajillion runs on the Braves in the playoffs. They did get destroyed by the Nationals, but they have they have a little something proven in the in the big boy MLB world. Big I boy do think game. they are missing a power bat is the one thing. Goldie needs some help to hit some dongs. But other than that, I I think it's important that they won ninety games last year. They're they're not bad. They're not bad at all. But are you a little worried about Goldie? He had his worst year it's ever in the MLB last year. I think he hit around two seventy nine. Fortunately, my baseball reference page is not happy with me right now. But either way, mm-hmm. you, after signing a five year buck thirty contract before ever stepping on the St. Louis Cardinals in a uniform on their field, you a little worried? Do you think he's gonna have a bounce back season? Should Cardinals fans be worried? I think he's bouncing back because, I mean, 279 is not an awful year for him, maybe, but he's he's going to bounce back. It was his first year not on the Diamondbacks. I think that is a little important. Second year is always a lot better. I think you're going to see something similar with Manny Machado at the Padres, as we discussed. And I think Goldie's going to be nice. He's going to hit Goldie Dingers, and that's... Golden Dingers. I, yeah, Golden Dingers. Golden, thing. wow! We gotta, he's gotta encase those balls in gold. I agree mm-hmm. with you, but I feel like Paul Goldschmidt is one of the most underrated and undersold players in baseball. Man, from his time with the D-backs, now with the Cardinals, he had a tough start there, but still, this man is—he's freaking ridiculously talented, and I don't hear enough about Goldie. He is. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys who he isn't. He's just kind of like that white dude who plays some baseball and then goes home. Like he's not. That's all he really does. So it's probably hard to market him. He does his job quite well, though, and I'm a big Goldie fan. I think he's in there for – I think he's going to make a big bounce-back season. Also, we're talking about, like you said, 279. I think he still put up 35 dongs, if I'm correct. He had some – Yeah, that's that's not a bad year at all. No, but but we're talking about Paul Goldschmidt here. If we're talking about – you know, your run of your mail. If we're talking about Freddie Freeman, we're like, yo, this man's going to rake right now. But we're Mm -hmm. talking about Goldie, and we have a little bit of a higher standard for him. So I would like to see his, his BA get a little bit up towards that 300 mark, a little bit more consistency. Because he's like their only, like, yo, that's a guy. That's a star right there. Mm-hmm. We've got to love that. But you talked about the lack of a power bat. And where do you see, like, do you think that's going to be detrimental to this team? Do you see anybody in that lineup? Do you think they could step up and maybe provide that extra pop that they need? Yeah, I think um, DeJong and Wong kind of rhymes a little bit. I think they, they're they going to need to help in the power department a little bit. And we'll we'll see if they can. I'm not sure if they can do that. But I hope they can because I want to see the Cardinals be good again. I liked I liked what they did last year. Yeah, I'm a, I'm really got – I know Matt Carpenter has kind of tailed off, but I think they really could use him to have a bounce-back season. He had a real rough 2019. He only popped 15 dongs, had a 226 BA. Not what you look to see. Only a buck twenty nine games played. Uh, his twenty eighteen was far better than that. 
Uh, he had 36 dongs with 257 average. So if he's able to get back to that 2018 numbers at the age, he's only 34. So he's not that long in the tooth yet. He's got maybe got a season or two left in him that he can provide that. If he's able to get somewhere near that 2018 production, although the batting average is low, I think the rest of the lineup can hit for average a little bit. But those 30, mm-hmm. like that 36 dong pace, could really be helped to give some goldies some protection in that lineup. Yeah, I think um, DeJong is definitely a uh, an option. He hit 30 dingers. Can't hit for average, but can't, he's, can't. he can help. Uh, another thing that I really wanted to get your opinion on is a uh, couple of their bullpen pieces. And we usually lead off with the Rona, the Corona update. But Jordan mm-hmm. Hicks, who was actually one of my main topics for the cards today, because I think he's got maybe the best sinker in baseball. His fans... 104 yeah. miles per hour out of the pen. He's an absolute weapon. Um, he backed out because of the Corona season. He's coming off Tommy John, so I think it's probably a smart move. No mm-hmm. reason to rush back. Uh, maybe a little bit of compromised immune system. They said underlining health issues. Don't know if that has to do with the TJ or not. Not here speculating the man's health, but still, they're missing a absolute force out of that pen. And I honestly, I'm just upset as a baseball fan because I like watching this man wheel and deal on the mound. Yeah, that's that is a tough loss for the for the Cardinals. They do have Andrew Miller. He's probably going to have to step up a little bit. Couple down seasons in a row. Do you think he's going to be able to tap back into that old Andrew Miller Cleveland Indians magic, or do you think he's just on the the relievers come and go, man? They're just like a flood. Yeah, I I think he is sadly on the decline. I'd like to see him have a little bounce back season. I don't think he's going to be awful, but. As you said, relievers, they, they have a couple good years, and then you never see that same magic again. Exactly. They're really they're really getting back there. Uh, another interesting thing that I want to get is Yalde Molina. Y'all, why can't I say that man's first name? I'm so oh, sorry. I, I, have, I have a nice little fun fact. Yeah, hit me with that. that Yadier. The Yadier. The Yadier body. Their two catchers on their depth chart right now are Yadier Molina and Matt Wieters. If we said that in 2011... People would be freaking out and saying, how are the two best catchers in baseball on the same team? That doesn't make any sense. But now somehow in 2020, we got two old captains just chilling behind the dish. I think that's that's a little fun. That's a little fun tidbit. I'm big, yo, Matt Wieters had a hell of a career, man. But you actually stole my spotlight. Not on Wieters, but I was about to get to that catching position out of the hole. So look at us. That was a nice, clean double play right there. Way mm-hmm. to turn it. Because I think that the Cardinals may be making a mistake of letting Molina sit in that catcher spot this long. The man can still produce, but they got they got a high catching prospect in their organization. And Andrew Kisner profiles as a major league starter. And it's at the point now where they either need to trade him because he's just he's ready for the big leagues. He's just being blocked by Molina. Or they got to mm. let him um, Yaldir go because... I don't know what you're doing with this guy at this point. It's yeah. his prime is just being wasted in AAA. And that's like, although this is a longer-term question and we're doing Rona season previews, I'd love to hear from Cardinals fans on this. Is there a point where you got to just let the legend walk and get that next generation of youth behind there? Or do you think Molina, especially in this 60-game sprint, his veteran presence helps a pitcher like Flaherty and some of those younger arms get that World Series? Yeah, I think that that is a tough... That's a tough option because he's 25. You don't love to see that. He's really, he did, he played a a few games last year. 
I think the big reason so, I think the big reason we'll, he's not getting up there is because they got that absolute steadfast behind the plate. Yeah, I think you do need that veteranacy, as I said before. That will now be a word. You do have that veteranacy in Yadier Molina, so that's hard to give up. But you don't want to trade him because he's got some. I mean, he's probably not a high prospect now because he's twenty-five. But if they think he's professional ready, maybe trade him and get a bat. But you also never know with catchers. They're, it's the hardest, it's it's the hardest so thing to true. project. So I don't know. It's just an interesting little storyline that I think Cardinals fans probably hear a little bit more about than we do. So definitely want to hear from you guys because, you again, I think uh, John Boy puts this amazing when he does his he did his breakdowns in February for the season. You guys know more than we do. So mm-hmm. let us about your teams. We can talk Red Sox baseball in and out all day. But, like, these other teams, you got to help us out a little bit. So – that's something I'm definitely interested to see as maybe beyond this season. But for this Rona-shortened season, is there any other things you want to get to as this Cards team? Are you ready to give us your prediction for their win total and if we should root for them? Yeah, I think I'm I'm ready to go into it. I think Can Can I make a quick little point, though? Yeah. If we were uh, betting men, I'd be willing to mm-hmm. put some money down on Jack Flaherty as NL MVP. Okay. I could see Flaherty as one of those pitchers with that sub-2 ERA this season. He's got the stuff. He's only got to make 10 starts, so I don't think it's that ridiculous. I think Flaherty, I'd love to know the odds, but I'd put a little cheddar on Flaherty winning that that NL MVP. Mm. Yeah, I think that might be tough with the addition of we got Moochie, Bellinger, and Yelich all going for it. Plus the some odds, aces. Odds sure, are probably but, um, pretty good on him, though. Probably putting like, yeah. got to hey, can we get a producer on that man? Come on, like we got to know maybe, the odds. Maybe a little, guy. a little money on Goldschmidt for MVP. Little Goldie bounce back. I like, to, hey, put a little mm-hmm. like twenty bucks on Goldie. <laughs> like, see, yeah. see what we get. Put a hundred, win twenty five hundred. That's not a bad bet. <laughs> yeah, that's a great bet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what was your uh, before I cut you off with uh my flarity yeah. hot take? What what was your win <laughs> projection and? Should we root for these cards? So I think they are kind of underrated lineup. They're a good team. They proved that last year. As we said, they're missing one power bat, but I think the rotation is good enough. They got an ace, which is always good in a 60-game season. If he can make 10 games winnable, that is a great chunk and gives their team a great chance to make the playoffs. I'm putting them at 36-24 and winning the division. 36-24 and 24 winning the division. That's, that's a pretty good record. Um, mm-hmm. don't hate it. I think that the cards may be a tough team to get up for if you're a casual baseball fan. I think Jack Flaherty starts are must-watch TV. Other yeah. than that, there's not a lot of names on this list that are going to really get you going. Paul Gold again, Goldschmidt. A lot of a lot of solid major league players, but not really sure a lot of eye-catching names. Uh, besides mm-hmm. that, besides Flaherty and Goldschmidt, but. Hey, if you want to watch some good, clean baseball, St. Louis is a great run organization. They're going to put a good content, and they're a good team. Um, but I got them coming in at a nice 32-28. and 28. Not as high okay. as you want. I think it's going to be a real slugfest. I don't think any team in that division to get more than 35 wins. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't have them winning the division. So you'll see my division pick if you guys stay listening to these breakdowns. But I don't got them winning the division, but I definitely would like to see uh, what Flaherty and the Cards are able to pull off this year. Yes. 
And I think I think that about wraps up our breakdowns. How you feeling? That was a that was a some in depth coverage on the red teams. Yeah, that was good. The the red teams of the NL Central. So, NL Central's a good division. It's a fun little division. This is like our sweet spot. This is like a fastball middle in. A bunch of teams yep. that we can just put our spin on. No one really knows who's going to win. So I've had a lot of fun doing the NL West and the NL Central. We got two more teams to go. Tomorrow we'll be back with another daily podcast. And who are we doing tomorrow? We're doing the... Uh, we got the Cubs and the Pirates. Wrapping up the NL Central. Pro overall. So, you know, make sure you tune back in tomorrow. And we, again, we're providing daily podcast until the opening of the season. So make sure you check us out on Instagram at the Turning 2 Podcast, on Twitter at the Turning 2 Pod. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and any other platform you like to consume your podcast because we'll be in your living room at your work every single day. And see, we'll see you guys tomorrow.